1: You are Locked On Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, your team every day, every day, every day, every day. All right, we welcome you to a new episode of the Locked On Redskins podcast as always I'm your host Chris Russell. Good to have you with us. As we go throughout our week here, now a couple of weeks removed, of course, from the NFL draft. And speaking of the NFL draft, we are going to hear part one of Antonio Gandhi goldens presser with the media from about a week and a half ago. That's right. We've been so backed up because of the crossover weeks and because of everything else that's gone on on the nonstop Redskins news cycle. That we never got to hear from Antonio Gandy-Golden or and we never got to hear from Antonio Gibson. And the Redskins are making a couple more players available uh, during this week, Adrian Peterson, Landon Collins. So we will mix all of that in over the next week, week and a half or so, just so you can hear from your favorite players on your favorite football team, the Washington Redskins. Um, good to have you aboard, nonetheless. But let's start with something that's not good in any way, and that is the Cody Latimer situation. Uh, as we record this on Tuesday afternoon, here's what we know: we know that Cody Latimer has been charged with five, f- five different counts, five different counts, and three are felonies. That's what we know. Now, to be honest with you. There seems to be a rush to judgment on my end, on maybe others' end, where we didn't have all of the the facts or we didn't have both sides of the story. Let's call it that, because we don't know what is fact and what is not fact, right? That's the best way to put it. So I should start with that, right? So... Charges are that. Maybe they happened, maybe they didn't happen. I mean, obviously, police are not there to see what happened. They can only go based on testimony, sworn statements, maybe affidavits, physical evidence, whatever the case might be. But they charged Cody Latimer, new Redskins receiver, with a laundry list of things. With a laundry list of things. And again, three felonies and two misdemeanors. So they obviously felt confident enough that they had enough documentation, evidence, observation, witness testimony, what have you, to do that. Now, just because you've been charged, just because you've been arrested, as we all know, does not mean you're guilty. But it also does not mean you're innocent until proven guilty. See where I'm coming from? You're maybe not guilty, Until you're guilty, but you're not innocent. I know that's what we say in this country, but I don't believe in that, quite honestly. You're either guilty or you're not guilty. It's never been guilt or innocence. It's never been that. People say that, and that's something we hang our hat on, but that's never been the case. It's guilt or it's not guilt. Period. It's never guilt or innocence. Period. It's as simple as I can make it. So when a player gets arrested, when a person gets arrested, but in this case, a player gets arrested, charged, again, three felonies, two misdemeanors, there's a easy temptation to rush to judgment. And I admit, I am one of these people that may be rushed to judgment because I don't know Cody Latimer. I can't give him the benefit of the doubt because I don't know him. And even if I do know him, doesn't mean that he didn't do it, or it doesn't mean that he's right, or it doesn't mean that he's innocent. But I would feel a little bit differently if I had some sort of relationship with him and if I kind of knew the person that I thought he was. And even when you have that, people still do bad stuff. And people are like, oh, my gosh, I never saw that coming. Well, because you're a bad judge of character, usually. I mean, anybody that I've really ever been close with, I mean, I can't remember really anybody that did anything heinous or horrible. You know, I'm sure I'm missing one. But to be honest with you, I don't associate myself with bad, savory, unsavory characters. I just don't. I'm I'm a pretty good people judge person. um, And that's just as being as honest as I can. Right? So... Let's start with that. I don't know Cody Latimer. You don't know Cody Latimer. Uh, Look, his attorney doesn't know Cody Latimer. Stop. I mean, defense attorneys automatically, I know my client. No, you don't. No, you don't. Not unless you've known him for a while. And if you've known him for a while, it's not a good thing. So let's start with there. Harvey Steinberg, Cody Latimer's attorney, um, apparently in court, or through Adam Schefter, I'm not exactly sure, told the court that he was contacted by a law enforcement uh, official concerning an investigation of a sexual assault of Latimer's four-year-old son that was allegedly perpetrated by an individual that was at the weekend poker game, which led to this incident. Now, again, this is Cody Latimer's attorney, Harvey Steinberg telling the court, not Adam Schefter, Adam Schefter is just reporting this, I should say, that he was contacted by law enforcement concerning an investigation of a sexual assault. Now, an investigation of a sexual assault does not mean that a sexual assault occurred, but it is kind of weird, right? that this would be brought up, right? Normally, this isn't like a thing that we bring up in a case like this where a four-year-old kid, the son of an NFL player, allegedly has been sexually assaulted. So I do take this very seriously. I don't know what happened. I don't know exactly how it happened. If it happened, I don't know if it's true, false. I don't know. Schefter... Also tweeted, the allegations concerning the shooting incident occurred at about the same time and location of the alleged sexual assault. Now, the allegations concerning the shooting incident occurred at about the same time and location of the alleged sexual assault. So that means the the friend's house, the host who is hosting the poker game. On Friday night into Saturday morning, that apparently, according to Schefter, the incident occurred there. The same location and about the same time. As the shooting incident, I don't quite get that because the way it was reported in the police report and by Mike Cliss of Nine News in Denver was there was about a half an hour between an argument that was broken up by the host who lived in the apartment or the condo or whatever and another individual and Cody Latimer. So they're playing poker, they're drinking, uh, I'm sure they're talking smack and somehow some way an argument breaks out between person X and Cody Latimer. Then the host, supposedly Latimer's best friend, who's got a girlfriend, breaks the two up. Things, I guess, settle down, calm down. Latimer leaves and comes back a half an hour later, wielding a gun, firing a gun, and threatening and menacing and doing something because the host now that lives in the house or in the apartment or the condo, The host now has cuts and scrapes on his forehead. So there must have been some sort of battle of some sort, right? So here's what we know. You have Schefter saying the allegations concerning the shooting incident, which according to the police report, Mike Kliss of Nine News in Denver, happened about a half an hour after the argument was broken up by the host between Latimer and another individual. But the Schefter is adding to his tweet, the allegations concerning the shooting incident occurred at about the same time and location of the alleged sexual assault, which makes no sense at all. I I mean, I got to be honest with you, it just doesn't, unless I'm missing something, because that would mean that, what, Latimer had his four-year-old kid with him? At a poker game or left his four-year-old kid at the house, at the location, at the residence, and returned, and then there was a sexual assault that occurred? I, I, I'm, I've am i got to be missing something. I can't figure it out just yet. I'm going to be honest with you. I just can't figure it out yet. So I don't know where we go from here. In terms of what actually happened. But here's what I do know. If you're Cody Latimer. And you think something happened. You believe something happened. You got into a heated argument about it. It escalated. You were separated. If something. If you believe something happened. You can't take justice into your own hands. You just can't. I mean, I'm a dad, many of you are dads. You know, we love our kids, we care about our kids, all of that. But you just cannot in any sort of way start firing guns at people. You can't. You just can't. Whether you're right or you're wrong, you can't. I'm sorry, that's just the way it works. Now, if somebody breaks into your home, You are allowed legally, as long as it can be proven, to defend yourself. There's a difference between somebody breaking into your home and you defending yourself as opposed to you getting into an argument, having to be separated, then leaving, and then returning a half an hour later. So the victim, apparently... Uh, of the the incident, is, his name is Roderick English. He told, again, Latimer uh, police that Latimer is his best friend. And that he separated the two people, Latimer and the other dude, in an argument and ordered everybody to leave. Seven or eight people in the apartment. Good social distancing. Of course, they had been drinking alcohol, right? God knows what else they've been doing. Okay? It is Colorado, after all. That stuff's supposed to chill you out, not make you angry. But then, again, Latimer returns about 30 minutes afterwards, agitated, angry, blamed the friend, English, for the initial confrontation during the poker game. And English then told police that's when Latimer pulled out the handgun from his hoodie, waved it around, threatened his girlfriend, him. He said he was going to kill everybody, but what I don't know and what is unclear outside of what the attorney is saying is the shooting incident ha- occurred. And and I should point out, Schefter did not say this through his own like investigation. The attorney said this in court. Schefter simply just reporting them what the attorney said. Steinberg told the court, that's the attorney, Steinberg, told the court that the allegations concerning the shooting incident occurred at the, about the same time and location as the alleged sexual... So I, I, I'm sorry, I just don't understand it. I don't get it. I'm still trying to figure it out. And I hope you guys understand that I'm not trying to be a jerk here. I just don't understand how that can be possible and how that makes any sense. So... We're left here with this situation. You guys can all kind of decide what you want to decide. I don't see anybody defending Cody Latimer, really, because A, he's not a great player, and B, nobody in you know the Redskins fans know him. Now, I don't know about Broncos fans and Giants fans. I have no idea. Uh, I don't know what kind of guy he is. Again, never met him. Never had an opportunity to talk to him. Redskins have not made him af- uh, available. Uh, certainly not going to make him available now. I have not heard uh, of any... Arrest history or anything like that, unless I'm forgetting about something. But this just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I gotta be honest with you. All right, so we spent way more time on this than I was thinking. But this is important, right? This is a Redskins player who's been arrested on some very, very, very serious charges. And on top of that, you have a claim by a defense attorney that a four-year-old has been sexually assaulted, and that's what caused this incident. That's what caused the rage. This is something that's really hard to make up. I mean, I've seen some crazy stories. It would be really hard to make that up and to justify that. So hopefully it's not true. Even if it is true, while I feel awful, you can't take justice into your own hands if you're Cody Latimer or anybody. You just can't. That's not the way society works. All right. Back in a flash right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. All right, guys. It is Chris Russell here for our friends at Built Bar. Go visit them at builtbar.com. If you're looking for a great protein bar, that tastes like a chocolate bar and tastes awesome, as a matter of fact, go to BuiltBar.com. They've got a ton of flavors. My my favorite is the chocolate peanut butter. I'm taking a box of mint chocolate chip to my daughter. Uh, That is going to be a little present for her. Great protein. Meal replacement. Seven times lower sugar than your leading men's protein bar. And a great calorie count between 110 and the max I think is 170 calories for the chocolate peanut butter one I'm telling you guys you can't go wrong if you're looking for a little pick me up if you're looking for something after a good workout after a good run after a good walk after a good lift wherever you might be if you're allowed back in your gym built bar is the way to go and right now you can save ten dollars off your first order at BiltBar.com. Just enter the promo code Locked On at BiltBar.com. $10 off your first order. Do it now.
0: This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer, if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com/slash credit card.
1: All right, we're back here on the Locked On Redskins podcast. I'm Chris Russell. Good to have you with us. So because we went a little bit long. A lot a bit long with the Cody Latimer situation, but it is very confusing and I wanted to make sure that we talked through it and gave you guys as many different sides and thoughts as we possibly can. We go out to part one of Redskins rookie receiver Antonio Gandy-Golden meeting with the Redskins reporters, including me uh, here with Locked on Redskins. We'll bring you part one today, part two coming up next episode of Antonio Gandy-Golden.
0: Can you tell us a little bit just kind of the chip on your shoulder from playing at a school like Liberty, not being a power school guy, and maybe what you feel you can show at the next level?
2: Um, you no, know, I definitely feel like I've had, you know, somewhat of a chip on my shoulder just from, you know, the small school thing comes up a lot with me for some reason, uh, even though I have produced. So I just kind of felt like, you know, I needed to get my name as far as that goes. But, um, Honestly, you know, I, I plan on coming to the league and playing right away, you know, at least getting getting in the game, you know, showing exactly what I can do, you know, whether it be you know, at receiver or anything else.
0: And can you dive a little bit into why you picked Liberty? Obviously, the, the football team speaks for itself, but um, any other reasons you chose to go there?
2: The coaches, they were just amazing. You know, they were honest from day one. They told me exactly what they wanted me to do and what they expected. And, you know, I kind of like that accountability factor of it, you know, just how how they wanted me to grow in multiple ways, other than just football. Uh, Les. Hey, Antonio. Les
1: Carpenter at the Washington Post. Congratulations on the draft. Um, yeah, I was just wondering, you, you seem like a guy who gets a lot of 50-50 balls, and I don't know if that was something that
2: you practice, you work on, is that something you pride yourself on, or is that just kind of something that, that sort of happens? Yeah, so even coming out of high school, that was just my thing, you know. I, Whenever they threw the ball up, you know, I usually came down with it, you know, as far as the 50-50 ball aspect of it. So just transitioning into college, I kind of just got better at it. You know, we definitely practiced it every day in practice. just those contested catches and things like that. And um, during the game, you know, not every not every ball, you know, I'm going to be wide open. So just for the quarterback to be confident enough to throw it to me, uh felt like I had to come down with it.
0: Hey, Antonio, Ben Standing with The Athletic. Thanks for your time and congratulations. Sure, thank you. Uh, obviously, everybody is going through this uh, COVID nineteen situation, and you know, having the social distance and things like that. For any rookie coming to the NFL, there's obviously a big adjustment. That's why you have the rookie camps and, and OTAs and things like that. With the with the likelihood or that least nothing's happening for a while, I know there's going to be virtual practices and things like that. But how do you sort of what what can you do? Do you think to get yourself as mentally and, and physically prepared for the season and learning the playbook? While kind of having to some degree do it on your own?
2: Yes. So, um, you know, basically just talking to the coaches, you know, the staff, just um, having them help me as much as possible, you know, until I can get there. You know, hopefully I'll be able to get in touch with these, with the vets on the team, you know, eventually have them help me out too.
0: And and what sort of has the coaching staff at this point sort of said to you about uh, potential, you know, role, maybe even like, you know, kind of routes that you're going to be, hey, keep the playbook, keep an eye on these things? Like, what have they sort of said to you about? Uh, about what for you to sort of uh, focus
2: on? I haven't really said, you know, too much. It's still kind of soon, you know, people are still figuring things out, you know, so I assume that'll come here, you know, fairly soon, but uh, I'm not exactly too sure right now. Thank you.
0: Matt Parish. Hey, thanks. Hey, congratulations again. Um, I was just wondering when you got to Liberty. Like, was the NFL? Did they say anything about the NFL, like, to you when recruiting you? Like, did you know you, you hear a lot about the small school part element, obviously, but like, was that kind of on your mind, or h- how did your experience at Liberty help you get
2: to the NFL? I'm initially coming in. You know, the NFL wasn't the wasn't the main focus. You know, really just winning games while I was there, and you know, ultimately moving up to FBS. You know, really taking our program to the highest level we could. So I would say the NFL thing for me kind of came more junior year. You know, I started getting more exposure after my sophomore year and after my junior year, and then it was more of a, okay, you know, this is a possibility, you know, they, they've always helped me be the best I could be. So NFL could be, you know, in my near future, but uh, it wasn't necessarily a, a, focus, a focus until this past couple of years.
0: And what do you think the kind of your success does maybe for the rest of the program?
2: feel like it definitely brings a lot more exposure to the program, you know, not only for myself, but we had four other guys get picked up by teams too. So, you know, I feel like just me and our our group as a whole, you know, kind of paved the way. So, you know, we're getting more recruits and um, hopefully we'll win a lot more games, you know, just bring a lot more to Liberty as a whole.
3: Hey Antonio, Les kind of touched on your ability to get those 50-50 balls. So I'm wondering, is there one catch out of the 200 plus you made in college that of sticks out in your mind and if so what does that catch kind of say about you as a player and your ability to contribute on an offense?
2: I would definitely say Rutgers game this past year. That was probably one of my favorites. You know, I caught the I caught the one handed ball with my left hand, which I usually don't ever do. But um the DB was just tugging and pulling on me. I feel like it should have been, you know, should have got a flag beforehand. But um I don't know. I just feel like that, you know, shows my focus, you know, my my determination and my ability to be able to fight through contact against the ball.
3: Hey, Antonio, Sam Fortier with the Washington Post. I'm wondering, uh, you know, obviously the Redskins have a new coaching staff. They've had a lot of roster overhaul. I wonder if, if you kind of look at this situation and, and see maybe a, a better opportunity to, to come in and contribute right away or or to kind of make your mark early.
2: I mean, yeah, I definitely feel like it's you know, it's, a, it's a good spot for me to make, uh, make an impact right away, you know, come in and play. Uh, I feel like, you know, Anywhere I would have, I would have gone. You know, I would have definitely pushed and tried to do that. So I don't feel like being here. You know, it really changed too much. But I definitely feel like I can. You know, at least with the, you know, with the guys that are there. As long as you know, we get things rolling, I feel like they can help me out, and I can help them as well.
3: And Antonio Gibson told us that, that you guys had talked a little bit. Have you guys talked about uh, what you guys are going to be able to do at all, or what? What have those conversations been like?
2: And we've kind of communicated on those things right now, you know, we're both kind of unsure because everyone's unsure. So we're right now, we're just awaiting directions, you know, as we speak. So um, when everything gets together, you know, I feel like me and him will talk a little bit more and things like that. But yeah, we've definitely communicated communicated a good bit.
1: All right. So that is part one of Antonio Gandy-Golden meeting with reporters about a week or so ago. We will continue to bring you all the great sound and news and information Uh, Thanks to the Redskins PR department for making these players available. Uh, And hopefully we will have a training camp to look forward to and cover. Back to wrap it up and to put a finishing touch on the Locked On Redskins podcast.
3: Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state.
1: All right, I'm Chris Russell. We wrap it up here uh, this way. There's And we have coverage of this at RedskinsReport.com, RedskinsReport.com. Pro Football Focus has put out their ranking of the 32 NFL quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks, and in the Redskins' case, obviously they chose Dwayne Haskins because he is thought to be the starting quarterback entering the 2020 season, although that is far from guaranteed. They're ranked in terms of their deep passing ability. And a deep pass is defined by Pro Football Focus and many of the analytics services, as a 20-plus-yard pass in the air. Not from where he throws it, but from the line of scrimmage. So in a lot of cases, it's going to be 24, 25, 26, 27 yards, kind of depending on where the setup is and where the launch point is. So Dwayne Haskins did not rank well, 30th overall in the NFL, according to ProFootballFocus.com. Again, the full report is available for you at RedskinsReport.com. It's titled, Haskins Going Deep. I would just say this. Dwayne Haskins, I mean, he's blessed with a cannon. Arm strength is not a problem, but accuracy, which wasn't a problem at Ohio State, is going to be an issue in the NFL because of footwork, mechanics, all of that stuff, pressure, different system, all of that. So if you are Dwayne Haskins and you are coming in granted in a bad situation as a rookie quarterback and not a good offensive line as 30th by Pro Football Focus and and that's not just judgment that's based on their percentage, right? 29 25.9% complete rate on the deep ball. Again, 20 yards or more, 7.2 yards per attempt on deep balls. A 41.4 passer rating. Look, it was better than Sam Darnold, who missed, uh, what, five or six games or whatever it is with Mono? It's better than Josh Allen in Buffalo, who should have won a playoff game, but it's not that much better. It's not good. You're basically completing one quarter of your passes that are, again, down-the-field shot at attempts. You got to do better than that. Period. I have no doubt he will. The question is, does he go from 25.9% to 50%? I highly doubt that. But if he can get to, let's call it 41, 42, 43%, you know, that puts him, you know, right in the hunt, top five. So maybe that's unrealistic. If he can get to 38%, just use that as a number then maybe the Redskins offense can finally start humming. So more full details on that at RedskinsReport.com. But I wanted to drop that on your doorstep when talking about Dwayne Haskins. Coming up on the next episode, we'll hear the rest of Antonio Gandy-Golden. Plus, we'll have more Redskins coverage for you. Probably Antonio Gibson as well. Plus, plus, Stefania Bell. Remember her? She did the Alex Smith Project Eleven. Well, she joined uh, our friends at Locked On Chiefs, and we have a little clip of that particular interview to play as they dug deep. Ryan Tracy um, dug a little deep on the Alex Smith issue with Stefania Bell. Uh, because, well, to be honest with you, Alex Smith could still possibly play. All right, that's going to do it for us right here on this episode of the Locked on Redskins podcast. Thanks for being with us. I'm Chris Russell. Adios. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on
0: podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.